Welcome to another episode of Winging It in Motown Radio. I'm your host for tonight, Peter, and joining me tonight are Sarah. How's it going, Sarah? It's going great. I'm ready to get in that spooky spirit. Oh, the spooky, yes, because we were recording this the day before Halloween. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) And also joining me, as always, is JJ. What's going on? Oh, it's the greatest night ever. I actually already celebrated Halloween, like, in Canadian fashion, they just celebrate everything early, so I, I celebrated in September. Oh, okay, gotcha. That makes sense. <laughs> I was trying to think of a follow up to that, and I, I just blanked. So whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we were taking a look at uh, the mailbag going into this episode. And um, we have a lot of questions and actually some of the questions are like 80 part questions. So um, what we decided to do is we're going to mix it up and we are actually going to start with the mailbag. Usually that's the last thing we do. Um, But basically looking at the questions, we figured that we could probably cover a lot of the topics that we were planning on talking about in the mailbag. So that's what we're going to do. So uh, again, barring, you know, changing it up a little bit, we are going to start by throwing it to JJ for his traditional reading of the mailbag questions. All righty. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, there was like there's nine comments, but I swear there are 30 questions in here. So thanks for for stepping up after the last one when Sarah called you all cowards for uh, only asking one question the last time uh, you really came through for us. So let's just start right off with uh, David A. Postma says, how are we feeling about the Red Wings prospects as a whole across forwards, defense and goalies? Uh, and that's the first one of the questions. There's basically three here, so let's just start with with that one, Peter. How do you how do you feel about how we are set up here? Oh man, um, okay. I mean, I think the the one that we have the least in is goalie. I mean, I think like pretty substantially. I think we have a couple prospects who could pan out. But like right now, I don't think like like I think we have some forwards and some defensemen that I don't I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of myself and say like they're going to be can't miss good NHL players. I mean, I, I do think that uh, a couple of each are, are, are kind of in that category, but like we don't really have anybody on the goalie side as of right now, in my opinion, who's like, oh, this guy is definitely going to be our next goalie. Um you know, obviously, I think Philip Larson is probably the closest to that right now. But um, I was actually hoping to get him to get to watch him tonight. But um, I got to finally got got to watch at least part of the Griffins game, and uh, Picard was playing. Uh, I guess Picard. So. I always want to call him Picard, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's like the biggest thing because I mean, on on forwards, you know, we got uh, you know we got Zadina, we got you know Rasmussen, Svechnikov. Um, Valeno, um, and I mean, you know, there's a couple others who could pan out if, if everything goes their way. Um, on the defensive side, I mean, I think, you know, Cider is, is – I wouldn't be surprised if Cider's with the NHL team full-time next year. I think there's a decent chance we could see him later this year. Um, you know, I think, I think uh, you know, somebody like Lindstrom, 
who, by the way, I just found out tonight. Um, pro- people probably know this already. I had no idea he wore number five, and I laughed for a little <laughs> yeah. while because uh, I saw him behind the net, and he's holding the puck, and I was like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> and uh, I just thought that was funny. Oh, and the other thing I thought was uh, kind of funny slash uh, sad was that uh, Jonathan Erickson can't wear number 52 down in the Griffins. Yeah, because that's a um, uh, McElrath is uh, holding on to that. Yeah. Yep. So like that kind of sucks. You get you you get waved. You get sent down to the minors, and some guys got your number. That kind of sucks. But um, oh, what's he wearing down there then? Uh, four. So is Jakob Kindle. So he was <laughs> weird. He, he took yeah, yeah yeah he took Kindle. <laughs> yeah. Damn. That he's uh, he's got yeah. no chill. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, so that's I, 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 yeah, that's my answer. Since we have a billion questions, I don't want to take ten minutes on on the first one. Everyone, Sarah, how are you feeling about that? Uh, any any different thoughts from what Peter's got? Uh, well, I'll kind of I'll segue in this and talk about goalies because now I'm thinking about them, and I just found out that Caden. Uh, I call my mind wants to say Fulker, but I've also heard Fulcher, <laughs> so I'm going to say Fulker. Sorry, Caden, if that's wrong, but he's injured and he's out for a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, there goes the steam in my like, well, maybe he's the future. I mean, he still could be, but I, I feel like I still think Larson is where kind of we're resting a lot of hopes, but also no one is really kind of acknowledging that. It's all like the prospects is like, oh, well, the forwards are going to be mature and the you know, defense is going to be mature and the old guys are going to be out and we'll be primed for a run in, you know, three years, five years. And then it's like, and we'll have a goalie. Maybe. <laughs> so I think it's like if Larson and or Volker just don't work out, we're kind of in a lot of trouble. So I'm, I mean, and I guess I have a soft spot for goalies, so I'm always keeping an eye on them. But I, I think that's kind of the big elephant is like, um, that's kind of important. <laughs> but as far as like everybody else, I mean, it's been the same logjam story for ever. Um, and it's kind of like everyone's expecting the Griffins to do really, really well. So it's going to be very easy to be disappointed in them. I mean, ev- everyone is going to be disappointed in Zadina no matter what he does. He breathes wrong. He stands weird. He has weird haircut. But there's always going to be a reason to be mad at him. Um, but yeah, so I guess I'm kind of like, just wait, wait and see about the prospects and form big opinions about them later. Yeah, I mean, as soon as they get their call up, it's like, yeah, is where I'm throwing it all up. Uh, I, I think that in terms of the goalies, I'm still not, like, giving up on uh, Keith Petrozelli. Uh, I know he struggled, but uh, goalies are weird, and they develop at weird times. And that's that's kind of like, I'm not worried about the goalie position. I understand that is probably our um, least deep position in terms of prospects, but... Uh, it's also like not the one I'm really concerned about. So in a few years, we'll see if Philip Philip Larson or uh, Caden Fulcher. Uh, uh, that's what I'm gonna call him too, because I, I can't call him Fulker. That's it sounds too close mm-hmm. to a dirty word. Um, or Petrozelli, or uh, do we still have Joran Van Puddleberg? Mm. I just I, I like know. his name. I don't, I don't even care. Um, yeah, I mean, he sounds like a fourth generation like aristocrat. Right, yeah. Like, how dare you shoot on me? <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I'm I'm feeling good about the the people who skate in front of the goalie. Um, and then uh, the other part of that question goes right back to the goalies. Draft question: Assuming we don't get a top three pick, are you against drafting a goalie in the first round? Uh, who would you draft? We got the first pick, and would you be upset if the Red Wings draft another defenseman in the top ten, or not? Uh, oh yeah, I just threw three questions at y'all at once. Uh, Sarah, pick one of those that you want to answer, and let's do it. Okay, well, I'll say uh, absolutely not about drafting a goalie right away. Um, just don't do it. Um, but if Steve Eiserman does it, it's the best plan that's ever happened and a complete genius move uh, that I will defer to his expertise. Shocking. Um, but I, I don't know many of the names from the draft class. All I'm hearing is it's a really, really strong class. So it seems like we're spoiled for choice. But also that Steve could just draft some rando <laughs> like Cider, and we'll have to be like, hooray, I hope. Yes, because we were um, all saying that this last draft, <laughs> every one of us. So it's like, it, it feels like a fool's errand to even like predict, although we will, and we'll talk about it endlessly, yeah. um, <laughs> when Steve's going to Steve and just kind of do his thing, so... But I'm I'm still gonna say no about drafting a goalie. If uh, Steve, if you're listening, my DMs are open. Let's talk about it. So that's the question I choose to answer. All right, Pete. Uh, yes. Okay. So in order uh, for the first uh, first question, no. Uh, exactly what Sarah said. No. Um, I'm not saying it's never a good idea. I just really don't like it. Um, it's just goalies are so risky and. You know, you really don't want to miss on your first round pick. Um, you know, we've done it a couple times recently, at least in terms of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying like recently, recently, but, you know, the last, I don't know, five years or so, 10 years, you know, we've definitely missed some first rounders and, uh, uh, you know, you don't want to do that. Uh, obviously, uh, who would you draft if you got the first pick? I think it's too early to say. Um I mean, right now, like Lafreniere and Byfield both look like they're fantastic players, but there's other players that are uh, kind of in the running. And, you know, I mean, I just remember, you know, every year it's like, oh, you know, you know, these two are going to be the top two. And like sometimes they're not, you know, by the end of, uh, you know, by the time draft rolls around. Uh, and would I be upset if the Red Wings drafted another defenseman in the top 10 or not? Um, it, it would depend. It would depend on who is available. Um it would, you know, depend on if I thought that that was the best person. Although, you know, this year after, um, you know, seeing how the draft played out, I mean, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned is, you know, no matter how much you research, like it's really hard to know a lot about every, you know, player that's available at that slot. So um, I, I, I think I've learned to kind of withhold judgment for a while on these draft picks. Yeah. Lesson learned. I'm sure that's going to age really well. Yeah, I uh, will go. Well, it, it'll age better than what I did this last time. <laughs> oh, don't beat yourself about it. That's uh, all the reader's job to do. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> uh, I'll go in reverse order. I will say, yes, I'll be upset Ooh. if we draft another defenseman. Uh, just because uh, I don't care. I'll do that. Uh, first pick, uh, Lafreniere, because he's the first name I knew, and it's fun to say. And assuming we don't get a top three pick against drafting a goalie in the first round, uh, technically no, but that's like the 
scenario, which involves us ending up drafting a goalie in the first round, is also one in which we go like weirdly deep in the playoffs. So uh, not likely I'm going to be happy with us drafting yeah. a goalie. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, use a 25th overall pick for that, but not a top 10. Uh, Adeline76 uh, gives us four questions. Um, <laughs> from Texas, no less. Uh, first question is, is Blash really the right coach for this team? The way I see it, he's had a few years to turn Mantha into a 40-goal scorer and get AA into peak form as well. The season so far is too sample-sized to project their seasons, but they're snake-bitten or back to Franz and level streaky. Uh, I feel Larkin's continuous projection is due to Larkin, not the coaching. So the question is, can he develop talent on a rebuilding team? Uh, Pete, what are your thoughts? Uh, okay. My my first thought, and and uh, I'm trying not to, I'm, I'm trying, okay. I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this because I don't want to sound like a jerk, but it's like, it's, it's like we've answered this question a bunch, you know, like, the, like this has been a question that we've talked about for a long time and I don't, I don't really think my answer changes is that um, uh, short term, I don't think it really matters that much. And long term, no. Um, but I don't think he's going to be the coach when we turn the corner. Um, a slightly longer answer. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's kind of one of these things like I kind of reject the premise of some of the question or some of the premise of the question. Um, you know, talk about Franz and level streaky for Mantha. Like every goal scorer is streaky. Um, that's how it works, right? I'm not worried about Mantha. He's doing a lot of the right things. And I'm not worried about Athanasiu because he's doing the right things. Um, I mean, you know, last, uh, yeah, la- last night as we recorded this against Edmonton, I mean, like it seemed like there was a force field on that breakaway in what the third period where like it, you know, hit the pad, rolls up the pad, hits the goalie's glove, almost goes over the goalie's glove, and then somehow doesn't go in. I mean, he's doing right things. He, you know, he's gonna score. Um, I'm not worried about it. Um, I think like the one thing that I think Blashell's done a pretty good job with is is developing the younger players. Um, and like I said, I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything about the question, but it's like you know, you know, we we it's a question we talk about a lot. Yeah, I'll I'll reiterate the point that essentially like. Mantha not becoming a 40 goal scorer under Blashill is like, like and not yet is a statement on 40, 40 goals is hard in this, in today's NHL. So like holding Blashill to such a standard to like, he, this, this guy's got to score 40 or he's a bust, especially considering uh, the injury history. Now, I guess you could say that, that Blashill maybe should have coached Mantha to like, maybe not fight so many times, but I'd, I don't know. And like Athens CU, I think that we saw Athens CU in peak form last season. And honestly, uh, I, I think he's been, I mean, he's snake bit right now, but that's, that's you, you call him snake bit, which is he's getting unlucky. So I, I don't know how Blashill is supposed to like is sacrifice a whole chicken, I guess, uh, to get that taken care of. So yeah, I, I don't think that, it, that he, he's the goal. He's the coach for the future. But I also don't think that he is – I don't think he's holding the, the talent back. I think they are getting better at the pace they should be getting better at. I accept that Larkin was going to excel no matter who the coach was. Um, but I do think that Manta and Athanasiu and Tyler Bertuzzi and Philip Ronick um, are all benefiting from what Blaschel is doing. So I, I do think that he is maybe still the right coach for right now. What about you, Sarah? I will have an opinion about <laughs> Andreas Athens to see you right now. Um, you know, he was, 
I've said this on Twitter a couple of times, and I'll keep saying it. He was snake bit last year also, and he still got 30 goals, but he missed 30 more, like hitting the post, missing the open net, shooting it over the net, and then staring skyward like, well, what God do I have to pray to to make this better? So it's like if he can be a 30-goal scorer snake bit, I'm not super worried about him. And in fact, I and I make fun of the Blashill bingo wheel as much as anyone, but I feel like Blash has given Double A every opportunity to break out. You know, he's put him on a line with different players. He shuffled things around. You know, that's how Helm kind of gets kicked up to the top line too, um, is to give Double A a chance to play with someone who will actually help him, you know, or play with Philpola who will just pass to him nonstop. You know, there's no danger of him taking the shot there. Um, you know, so I, I feel like almost like, you know, Bla- like to Blash's credit, I feel like he's really making an effort to get double A in a position where, you know, he can kind of get over, I don't know, being snake bit, but like, you know, he's got to take that last step of putting the puck into the net. You know, Blashell can't will the puck. He can challenge calls <laughs> to try and help, but you know, it's, and it's, you know, the same thing with Mantha, like, you know, he, Blash was tough on Mantha, um, you know, the whole, like, and the whole spare parts thing, but, you know, it's kind of like, I would like Blash to just be hands off of, you know, the young guys as much as possible, um, because I feel like when they're, they have space and they're free to kind of try things out, try and fail, try and succeed, that's what's going to make them better in the long run. You know, we're garbage anyway, so why not experiment as much as possible and start getting an idea of what works? And then, you know, setting up, setting us up for a good run down the road. Well, your statement that we're garbage anyway is a really good transition into Adeline's <laughs> next question. Uh, are we as fans just lying to ourselves about the talent of our core and prospects? Or are our guys just not as good as, as we hope? And Sarah, I'll just let you just keep going. Okay. Um, you know, I kind of thought this was an interesting question. I think a lot of us are lying to ourselves sometimes <laughs> i kind of think it depends on who the what what your emotional investment is as a fan um but i also think that what kind of it's like it's almost a different game and i hate saying that and sounding like a stereotype but it's harder to kind of look in an opponent and know what their future is um and know what we need you know we feel it you know we're obviously focused on ourselves because we're amazing and the best uh, you know, we can say, you know, we've got this piece and this piece and this piece, but we still have to beat all the other teams and, you know, know if what they have coming up and not, you know, I've said it before, one great player is not enough, as we saw by Connor McDavid getting completely shut down, just saying, uh, the greatest player in the world, other than Darren Helm, shut down. So, you know, that's obviously a small sample size, but accurate. Um you know, but I, I think we're, you know, some people are definitely too expecting too much too soon because they see, you know, they're holding them to the benchmark of, you know, Kokaniemi or, you know, whatever young guys are, you know, jumping to their NHL team. But it's like they don't have the logjam that we do. And they may have a coach who's more flexible about giving the young guys time. So it's, you know, they're being held to a kind of an unfair standard. And it's frustrating, you know, we overseason our prospects. That's what we do, at least right now. Um, so it's like a little bit of lying, but not not a dangerous amount. I think it's just kind of hard to know what we should be expecting because we want to 
we want to expect greatness from everyone. Um, but it's kind of like all in or everyone's the worst and I, I quit life. <laughs> you know, if we can, if we can all find a nice middle ground that has a couple of harmless lies and a couple of like realistic truths, I think we'll be, we'll be okay. That's just not hockey fan advice. That's life advice. That's, that's good. Sarah. <laughs> I'm dealing, I'm dealing life advice today. One, one day only. <laughs> And I actually want to jump onto that, the concept of, like, we just shut down Connor McDavid, and that, that Peter's going to be uh, working much more on that. He's got a, a post coming up uh, that might actually come out before this this episode does. But anyway, um, I don't remember the exact terminology of, of the quote, but it was something along the lines of, like, what makes, uh, like, what made Zetterberg and Datsu great was not necessarily their skill level, just that they consistently brought it mm. all the damn time. There were just not times off for them. And so you see this team go up, they, this core go head to head against Connor McDavid, the best player in hockey. And really they, sh- they shut him down. I mean, he drew some penalties. He did, he did Connor McDavid stuff, but, this core showed they could go toe to toe with the best. The difference isn't that we, it's not that we lack the skill. It's just that on any given night, we don't know how much of that they're going to be able to consistently put together. And that's the difference. That's, that's what we're lacking right now. And you're not going to get that out of the gate with players other than the generational balance that, you know, we just don't have. So yeah, we don't have that, but these kids that are highly skilled are learning to put it together consistently. They are still making the mistakes that they're going to make, and they're still, you know, they'll fade in the third periods as as it happens. But they are still progressing at a pace that I am happy with. So I do not think that it's not a case. I, that is a case where we're not as good as we hope. It's just we're not as consistent as we would like to as we expect them to be at some point in the future. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with pretty much all that. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And then Adeline's uh, third question is essentially, uh, here's my opinion. Please discuss. Yeah. Which I, I honestly, I also kind of love that. So yeah. it's uh, I'll, actually I'll more it. of a, more of a comment than a question. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll throw it to you, Peter. Let me yeah. read that out. Uh, watching the move Stevie is making right now makes me think that he's just now realized the full extent of the mess he's inherited and feels his team just isn't the right combination of players. And instead of having a fire sale and blowing it all up, he's going to slowly make adjustments a guy or two at a time until he feels he has a team he, he can actually build on while stockpiling prospects along the way. Do you agree with that, Peter? Um, well, first of all, now I cannot stop picturing uh, Tobias Funke from Arrested Development lying on the floor and screaming about how they're having a fire sale. <laughs> um, I will never, ever hear that, hear those words and not think of that <laughs> scene. Um, so, you know, for those of you who are fans, you're welcome for putting that in your mind. Um, I mean, again, I, I have to like I have to disagree on at least part of this is. I, I don't think that he is just now realizing the full extent of the team. I, I I just don't agree with that. I think that he has, you know, since he came on board and I, actually, I mean, maybe even before, because I mean, 
you know, before he started, you know, before he accepted the job, I mean, there was, you know, you know, he was, uh, you know, he, he was showing up, uh, I think with, with what Ken Holland, like, like scouting the same team or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, you know, there were sightings of them together and I'm not trying to say there was some kind of grand conspiracy and like, Oh, he knew months in advance, but, um, I mean, I have a feeling that this is, you know, this is, you know, something that he wanted for a while. I would, you know, I, th- I think at some point, um, you know, with, you know, being from here and, you know, being away from his family and stuff, I think this is like a logical move for him. And w- even if that wasn't the case, I mean, he's been here for a while. And I think when he came to the team, that's the first thing he did is try to figure out, okay, what do we have? Um, and I think, I mean, the, like the one thing, like the part I do agree with is the, like the methodical part. I think that's, you know, he's he's not coming in and right from the beginning, he's like, we're not going to, you know, make these huge moves right away because we're not there yet. Um, you know, we're going to, um, you know, take our time with this and do it right. And I mean, I think that's what he's doing. I think he's making little incremental moves like for example uh, i know we'll t- i know this is a question coming down the line you know but you know trading you know alex regula for uh perlini it's basically like he's taking a bet that perlini is somebody that with a change of scenery could flourish you know and you know well you know we'll talk about that a little bit later but i mean like that's like a you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And there, there'll be a spot open because he's, he's a, you know, he's going to be a restricted free agent. You know, uh, the, the players that he's signing, he's signing to two-year deals. You know, he's not signing them to five or six-year deals. You know, so I think that's kind of been his plan from the start. Um, yeah. Yeah, right on. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll spare you singing the entire song, The Gambler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although that's probably sums up my feelings. Um you know, I, I still kind of feel like we're biding time until um, this upcoming off season, and also next off season when we free up some cap space. You know, Stephen Weiss has really dragging us down, but hold on, everybody, <laughs> we're all, we're almost out of the woods. Um, so, you know, I think it will, it it will, and it should be just kind of little moves this season. You know, trades that are like who, what, why genius because we keep, we're always seem to lose those trade a player away so they flourish they seem to leave us and flourish and not join us and flourish so hopefully steve can kind of reverse that effect for us you know i think you're right it's you know a very safe gamble to uh to make and there's no real downside because we're just you know playing with small money right now um i think this summer is a time where he can make some big moves but i think the summer after um is when you know to really take inventory of how how the prospects are developing, how the core is developing, you know, and is it is it time to make the big trades and make a run, or are we going to still hold off for just a little longer? Um, you know, so I'm I'm just going to keep casting my gaze <laughs> two years down the road and just kind of not pay attention to what's going on. <laughs> Until then, I'll just hit snooze <laughs> until wake me up in uh, 2021, and I'll be ready to go. Yeah, I think just a uh, like a quick addition to what what Peter and you said. I, I think that essentially what we're seeing is he's just making minor cultural changes, uh, but nothing big like fire sale, like uh, like Adeline is talking about. 
So uh, let's get halfway in. Uh, Big text D, uh, pretty easy question. Wish list. Now that Big E has been sent down, what is your number one wish list item? Uh, trade, firing, demotion, etc. Sarah, what's uh, what do you want the team to do right now? That's tough. I like. I was sudden. I'm suddenly so happy and like a big fan of Erickson. <laughs> now that he's gone, it's like that. It, that's all it took. And I'm like, I'm really rooting for you now, buddy, because you're like out of the way. Um, I don't know if I have a real like. I'm not really ready to fire anyone. Um, you know, I'll I'll take ejecting Trevor Daly. You know, we'll, we can all say someone will may say or think Abby at least in the comments. Um, but I'm all right with him now. As, you know, I've mentioned I think last time. Um, but I I could use some some clear out of the uh, of the defense. Um, you know, I'm I'm very very happy with Hronik and everyone else. Meh, whatever. <laughs> so, so there's no like big wish list item. Um, but I. I wouldn't be sorry if there were some defensive shuffles as long as Hronik stays right where he is, being wonderful and perfect and amazing. Good, good, Peter. Um Well, I have to I have to scramble now because Sarah took mine. Um which sucks because I, I always feel bad saying that. I always feel bad saying that because like I like Trevor Daly. I just don't think he's an NHL defenseman anymore. Um and I'd pretty much rather see any of our prospects, you know, any, you know, almost anybody from the AHL uh, in the lineup over him, um, which again kind of makes me sad to say, but you know, it's 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 hard to hard to deny that for me. Um, huh. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Can I trade, find a motion. All right, I'm going to be boring. I mean, like, I that's you know, I, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head right now. I think that's you know, for me, that's like that would be my number one, number one wish. I think. Man, right. sending down Erickson has really like tempered the flames here. That's all it took. Well, no, I mean, I've <laughs> I've been saying that for a long time that like, you know, you know, Daly isn't 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 an NHL defenseman anymore, really. Yeah, I mean, there's a few trades I would like to see happen, but right now, like, the cost of getting rid of contracts I don't really like, I think, is a little too high for my liking or the return on sending a guy away at this point in the season is just not right. So, uh, instead, I will say that I want uh, Svechnikov back up, and I want him playing bigger minutes than he was given in uh, this tiny look. I was uh, really impressed with the kind of dro- drive he got, and I, I just want to see more of him. And I, I, I'm really worried around about him getting kind of like the Yurko, or I'm sorry, the Yurcho uh, path uh, <laughs> in front of him right now. So more time for for Svetch. Okay, we are yeah. about halfway through hey. our uh, reader questions, but we need to take a quick uh, commercial break. So I'm going to uh, give that off, and we will be right back. Wim Radio, ad timeout. All right, let's play. All right. Well, thanks for coming back after the break. Uh, and we are about halfway through our regression to start off. Don't worry. You haven't missed most of the episode. We just uh, we threw you a curveball. So uh, we're going to start back up with uh, the button smash 
commenter that I really like. Um, this season, what prototype of player do you think would be the most helpful to winning hockey games this season with wings? Example, I would choose an athletic goalie like a 28-year-old Hashik. Who wants to fire off this one first? I just have to say that it's always hard to answer these questions when the person puts the best answer in the question. Yeah, that is exactly yeah. the right answer, yeah. Because like a like a, a prime Dominic Hashik is the number one choice. I mean, honestly, it's the number one choice I would take any season. Uh, because, you know, in his prime, he was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he was even good when he was, you know, 30-something. But um, in his prime, he was just, like, unbelievable. Um, <sighs> like I said, it sucks when, like, like the best answer is in there. Um, I mean, if, 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 if I can't take the answer that's in there, um, uh, I mean, what prototype of player? Uh, probably... Uh, top line elite center <laughs> like 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 real like i mean i think dylan larkin's doing great but i mean if we could have another you know elite center yeah, yeah. Great depth up, up top sarah yeah i know what you're thinking but i'm not gonna say henrik zetterberg <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> what i'm gonna say is i think peter you tweeted earlier today like a picture that was like datsuk with a whole bunch of players around him and the caption was like this turned into a red wings oh, yeah. goal so, you know, I'll take take yeah. a Datsuk. You know, he's he's one of a kind, so not even really a, a prototype. But, you know, I'd also take – I was thinking about, you know, defense. And, and, like, Lidstrom is the easy answer. But I might even go for, like, Cronwall Prime because I feel like he would be a really good complement with Hronik. Um, You know, I feel like that would be a, a good combo. And I love Nick Cronwall, but that's <laughs> – I'm actually putting that aside and, and talking about hockey skills. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, is Cronwall Prime like the Transformer version? It's the one that has like it all the parts work. Okay, <laughs> it's able to. It's a very efficient yeah. vehicle. Yeah. It's either that or it's the Cronwall that gets to, gets shipped to you for free in two days. Yeah, I'm, put the measures of leadership into my knee, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take I'll take either. Um, you know, but but. Hashik is the best answer. That's that's just how it is. Yeah, and I, w- I was thinking a big, solid, minute-munching defenseman doesn't necessarily have to be like a, a super offensive dynamo, but the guy who just can erase the other team's top line, you know, top line and a half because he's going to play 30 minutes a night. Because um, imagine what that kind of player would do with, like, because we saw – Dylan Larkin backed by, I think it was mostly like Philip Peronic um, against Connor McDavid. So if we had like one true big number one defenseman there, I think that might also solve a lot of the big depth issues. Uh, but still, the, the Hoshik in his prime wins more games than any of those other people. So good question and answer. Um, moving on, Mantha Fodder says Elliot Friedman. Just said he thinks if AA doesn't turn the season around, Iserman might move on from him, especially given it's a contract year. Do you think there's any truth to asking the CU potentially becoming a freed man? Uh, What are your thoughts if that happens? Sarah. First of all, was this question actually written by you because of the pun? No, I'm jealous of it, though. (laughs) Uh, I think that's... I mean, I, it's really hard to predict what Eisenman will do. Um, 
because I'm always wrong. So maybe I should say the opposite of what I, <laughs> what I want. Um, I think it's a little drastic to say um, that Eiserman would move on from double A without having something, you know, he's not going to sell him for like a hot and ready. I mean, it would have to be something really, really good in return, like a, a wheelbarrow full of first round draft picks. Um, you know, I, I don't know if like that market would really be out there and, you know, it's too, like I said, it's, we're still a little too early to be, I think kind of building the team that's making the run, you know, we're, we're building it from the ground. We're not like at that, I think blockbuster trade point just yet, even though, you know, but I, and I think we have, we're all right on money for contracts, but double A may also ask for a lot of money that we, and that would completely change my answer. Um, I think out of, you know, the, the young, the young crew, I think he's the one who's most likely to want a big salary increase and a lot of years. Um, so that, that case would, change my make it I think more likely to to ship him out um but I think I think he will turn the season around I mean the whole team is not scoring so it's kind of hard to like blame a player when you score like one goal every other game um so I think you know I and I'll probably have a completely different opinion by the end of the season um, but I think I think right now it's it's a little early to to jump to that end game um but and I didn't read what Freeman wrote because I didn't want to face that reality. So my my very uneducated, uninformed opinion is um, I think we're going to be all right with him. Um, but or at least that's my hope. So come on, double A. I'm really, really cheering for you. And I know Ken Daniels is, too. Let's go. Yeah, and Freeman's thought wasn't much deeper than, like, hey, he might get traded, he's in a contract year, and, uh, you know, there is a previous history of difficult contract negotiations with this player. So, uh, Peter, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, like, I mean, I've been I've been reading the 31 Thoughts, you know, site, or, well, 30 Thoughts and then 31 Thoughts for a while. Um, and, you know, I listen to the I, – I don't listen to every episode, but I typically listen to the 31 Thoughts podcast, and – um, I, I just checked because I was wondering if um, the latest podcast episode had come out and if they had talked about it, but I, I don't see a new one in my feed. So, I mean, it, I'm just going by what's on the blog. And uh, like, you know, you know, the thing I've, I've learned about Friedman is sometimes when he's talking about things, it's because people have told him things or people have, you know, sent, you know, you know, people give him information ahead of time and, you know, this guy's on the market or whatever. And I mean, the way he phrases it, he says, I can't say that Steve Eiserman has put him out there. So to me, this reads like the type of Friedman thing where it's just basically pure speculation. Um, I like, I'm not saying he's just randomly spouting shit, but you know, I don't think this is, you know, it doesn't seem like this is based on a rumor or based on something that somebody told him. It's just based on like, I mean, Athanasiu has been kind of talked about in trade conversations for, for a few years now. So I don't think it's too surprising. Um, I will say that just like in the episode of Breaking Bad, where Walter White says that he he realizes what would have been the perfect spot for him to die and leave his family as much money as possible. Um, I think that unfortunately, like unless something drastically changes, like if we were going to trade him, we've already passed the point where we'd probably get maximum return, which would have been after last season. 
you know, when he had his breakout year, like that would have been the time that his trade value is probably the highest unless he goes on a pretty big tear, you know, in the next couple months. And then, you know, that, you know, if we're going to trade him, you know, you don't want to trade him. You don't want to trade a guy with zero goals. Doesn't seem to me like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like the biggest concept. If, if you don't stop tanking your value, we're going to get rid of you. Yeah. Okay. Especially in a, in a, in a contract year where it's like, Hey, you know, stop making yourself like in free agency or we're going to have to not sign you and, and instead move on and give you to another team. That's going to be able to sign you for less. I, I, I don't know that it necessarily follows. Yeah. Yep. Although, yeah, I don't know. I have complex thoughts about whether or not we should trade ethnic you and uh, people that I, I do think that are, are smarter than I am uh, have, really uh are are pro trade aa and i i have a, a tr- hard time disagreeing uh but just not while he has zero goals not while his value is at its, at its nadir yeah so uh it guy goes on uh breaking up the blm line heard about this line all summer and into the fall but it didn't take blast too long to break it up has it gotten aa going are you happy with him on the first line <laughs> Manta hasn't done much scoring since it happened. Thoughts? Question mark. This kind of seems. This kind of seems like one of those things where it's not really a question. Right. Like it's not really questions. It's like <laughs> it's like thinly veiled like anger. <laughs> um, I, I, I'll go real quick. Just that. Um, I think that. Uh, uh, you know, I remember like like Prashanth looked into this and. The the lines that we've had the last three game I think three games um, with Manth on the second line uh, have actually been the best lines we've had all year in terms of I, I I'm not saying I'm not 100 percent sure if it's like the best lines we've had all year because I know the first couple games obviously we you know that top line was amazing um, but I think in terms of having more than one line going really well uh, I think that you know that second line. Uh, with Athanasiu has been doing a lot better uh, with, you know, with this version of it than, than uh, what it was before. Um, and I mean, right now it kind of looks bad because Athanasiu is not scoring, but like we talked about before, he's doing a lot of right things. He's getting like two or three really good scoring chances a game. Um, and we've seen historically, I mean, he scored 30 goals last year. We've seen historically that he's going to score. Um, and, you know, again with Mantha. I mean, I you know, I, th- I thought Mantha played pretty well last night. Um, you know, he, he's a goal scorer. Goal scorers are streaky. Um, it's entirely possible that the next few games he goes and just you know, you know, the two of them together score a, a bushel full of goals. Um, uh, I, I, I think I think that those lines have actually been doing pretty well. Yeah, and I think that Mantha not having done uh, as much scoring since that happened isn't really a concern. I think he's still driving play really well. Uh, he's you know he he's getting really close to scoring a ton, um, so it, that doesn't concern me. And I'll, I'll answer flat out: Am I happy with Helm on the first line? Yes, I am, uh, and I have not been given a good reason not to. Like I understand Helm doesn't score as much as he sh- as we'd like, considering all the chances he gets. But I mean. Most scorers are most goal or most hockey players are like that. Uh, they create a lot of chances that they just don't finish on. But Helm has been really good on that line. He's been really good on every line he's been put on so far. Um, 
I know how long it's going to last, but until it stops, I'm going to continue to be happy with Helm and to you for doubting me. Sarah, your turn. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, personal bias aside, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with how Helm's been doing, um, you know, and how he's been fitting in. And, you know, I've been thinking about, uh, I think this was like kind of a line that we had that was Nyquist, Hank, and Bert. And they, you know, that was used to like build up, you know, Bert's confidence. Like Zetterberg is like, here's a goal. I'm going to lay it on the table for you. Pull out your chair, light a candle. Like <laughs> here, it's like right, you know, right there for you. Um, and that worked, you know, brilliantly. You know, Bert had a lot of confidence and, you know, has really developed beyond, you know, what any of us had thought when he was drafted. Um, so I'm okay with breaking up the first line because it's, you know, they're fun. They're a super fun line to watch, but, you know, you can't, put all your best players together all the time whenever there's other players who are you know kind of stepping in and being like oh do I belong here am I gonna like be all right with this you know using them to help build the confidence of you know a guy like Svechnikov um you know I think there's a lot of value in that especially like I said uh, we're not trying to win I mean you know we're trying to win but <laughs> who cares <laughs> so just like you know they're they're gonna be all right you know they know that they're great together you know, I noticed, I think it was the Buffalo game because I was doing the recap, um, and the line was split up most of the game. And then as soon as they put it back together, Larkin, who had been just like struggling the whole game, he turned into a superstar, like <laughs> instantly. It was kind of, it was like kind of startling um, in an otherwise crappy game, um, you know, but I still think there's definite value in, in breaking them up, even if it means less fun now, it will mean more fun later. Amen to that. All right. So our next uh, large portion question comes from another uh, Texas Wimmer, uh, XG. Um, it's uh, mostly there's a lot of Perlini questions. The first four questions are all related to Perlini. So I'll just kind of rapid fire this. Uh, I wonder what kind of impact, if any, Perlini will bring to the wings. I was impressed with clips of him playing and think he does bring some speed, size and skill. Peter, what do you think about the impact Perlini will bring? I think it's hard to know because I think... I think he definitely could um, actually be an impact player. Uh, I think he could, you know, with his, his, uh, his size and speed. uh, I mean, he's, he's the type of player that a lot of teams, um, you know, kind of drool over, you know, getting a, 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 you know, a, a, a guy who's big and fast and who can score like that's good. Um, Obviously. I mean, like, you know, this is his third team. Uh, so he's bounced around. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know enough about like the history there to know if there's any things that I should be concerned about. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I think I think this is going to be kind of a wait and see thing. I think it's going to be um, I think there's reasons to be kind of cautiously optimistic, um, but I'm not going in like, oh, this is going to be like a game changer for the team. Um, I think it could could help out with um uh you know I, I was looking at some of these other questions and i mean i'm 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 guessing he's gonna be a third liner at least to start um just kind of like i said because the top two lines are going really well now and there's not really any reason to put him up there uh and you know at least until we see how he's gonna fit in so i think 
you know, there's a pretty good chance, you know, the third line is is with uh, Taro Hiroshi, who's a, you know, a, a very good playmaker, a very good passer. And I think that, you know, that could be a good good pairing, uh, you know, for wingers. But uh, like I said, I mean, the short answer for me is that we'll have to see. Sarah, do, would his addition help create a second scoring line? If Ken Holland had made this trade, I would be like, who? I don't care. Get him out of here. I'm never going to talk about him. But because it's Steve, <laughs> I have to believe. Uh, you know, and he was a first-round draft pick, um, you know, and, and many of them do burn out. But maybe this is finally our chance to take a player and have him go from, like, nobody wants him to our, like, great guy. And he can, you know, be one of the guys who is then building that lower scoring line and being able to bring in, you know, again, a Svechnikov, a Giovanni Smith and be like, all right, we're in this together. Like, I'm new here, but have more experience than you. So you're not used to me and you can't fall into any old patterns or bad habits because y'all don't know me. Um, you know, so, so I think it's kind of on the one hand, I guess what I'm thinking is like, let's just have something different because, because what we have now, no matter what combination it's in was not working. So just kind of like shine the laser pointer and see what, where the cats chase it. Um, (laughs) hope for the best. That's my, that's my trade strategy. Um, you know, so I, I have no expectations for him right now, except I did expect him to have a British accent, and he is the most American-sounding person I've ever heard, even though he was, like, moved to Canada. Um, so my expectations have already just been dashed. I can't hope for it. My hopes are ruined. I already know um, up to him. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be cautiously optimistic, I suppose, but also totally apathetic. <laughs> I was going to say, are, are we going to be starting to say like, like homey expressions because these questions are from Texas? Like it is going to be like, bless, uh, his, bless his heart. He's going to be, <laughs> he's going to, I'm just going to make an edit and just write bless your heart on it. And yeah. Make that his, his, his only meme. Yeah. And honestly, if, if this were, cause that's a good point. If Holland had made this trade, this would have been like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. That's just a needle with, with Eisman having done it. At least there's a little bit of like a, like a hope in the back of my head that this this turns out to be like the you traded Philip Forsberg for what? Um, except we end up with the the Forsberg player mm-hmm. and they end up with uh, Martin Erat. Nothing against uh, Regula, but uh, he's no longer in the Red Wings organization, so he can kiss my ass. Um, I'm gonna the tackle the next because basically <laughs> the next two questions are uh, you know who did you team him up with and does this put the uh, MLB, BLM, LBM, LMB, whatever. Does it put that top line back together? And uh, Peter, you already talked about maybe putting him on the third line with uh, Hiroshi and Nielsen. Um, honestly, I, I kind of said it jokingly in the game thread against the yeah. Oilers because somebody, Manta almost scored a goal and he goes, oh, almost Manta. And I'm like, oh, almost Manta is going to be my nickname for Perlini. Because uh, he's like six three and he's got some speed and some scoring skills, so it's like, he's just like he's almost he's Ursat's Mantha in my yeah. mind already, which is probably <laughs> setting uh, expectations for him that uh, I'm just setting myself up for heartbreak. But given that, I think that go ahead and just play him with Bertuzzi and Larkin. Uh, move Helm back down to wherever the hell you need Darren Helm because he's been good on the fourth line. He's been good on the first line. So the, the, move him around. I don't care. 
and then keep that uh, Athanasiu Philpola Mantle line together because they've been really good. So I do think that any this gives my question, my answer to the second question. I think this does help create a second scoring line, and I think it actually makes a third line that's uh, that's potentially slightly more dangerous as well. So uh, Perlini is going to solve basically all of our problems, and there's nothing wrong with me totally believing and being all in on this belief. Uh, somebody stop me. No, no. I want you to, to keep going. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say, like, it's an amazing, like, coincidence because tonight, um, uh, while I was watching, I was catching up on the, the Oilers game and Nikki was watching on her computer was watching a, a horrible Lifetime movie. I mean, like, you know, it's a Lifetime movie, but it was, it was a bad one for Lifetime. And I look over and I was like, oh, it's low rent Luke Wilson. You know, because he looked like the guy. It's like, hey, we, we want Luke Wilson, but we can't afford him. So who can we get for 10% of the cost? So, yeah. <laughs> Almost meant. <laughs> Almost meant. And then the very great. last question, uh, there's another curveball. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about sitting Chalowski? Maybe I missed it, but I still can't figure out what exactly that was for. Uh, if it was for mistakes, then every one of the D, may, D need to have a turn riding the bench as well. And, yeah, I, uh, I I know Blasio was like, you know, sometimes a guy just needs to sit and he needs to get the perspective. And I was really in on that on on when Babcock used to do it to people because young guys do kind of need to have a sit up in the press box every once in a while just to get like refocused, you know, get, get a good azimuth check, I, I suppose. But yeah, I don't know. Like Tlowski hadn't looked like he needed that to me. So what are your thoughts on that? I have a thought. I'll have a thought. Peter. Wait, yeah. hold on, Peter. I got a thought. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, you can go. Go, go. It's now I forgot my thought. Yeah, it's it's it was kind of a weird move um, to do it now when everyone <laughs> sucks. It's like he wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't like, oh darn, another Chalowski turnover. Like I didn't really notice him except one of the loser games. He had like a really really great pass that I think set up a goal, um, which in a losing streak is remarkable. Um, but I it also. You know, speaking of movies, there's like the movies where it's like, you know, I was only hard on you because I believed in you. Like, you only <laughs> you are only yell at the kids you care about. Like, if you're ignoring kids, that's not like good parenting. That's just like you don't you don't care about these old your old man kids like Trevor Daly. <laughs> like, you only punish the kids you believe in. <laughs> so, more life advice. Do not take my life advice. I am not responsible for any calls to Super Nanny. Um, but yeah, so it's like maybe he's only he's only paying attention to Chalowski because he's the only one he cares about. And Hironic is doing great. And everyone else can, I think JJ said, kiss my ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, you know, because it's like, what are you? I mean, but then again, he also waived Erickson. But it was kind of also like, well, actually, Erickson can offer a lot to Grand Rapids. It it's still like a kind of a punishment, but it didn't it didn't feel like it was personal. I mean, and with Chalowski, it still keeps feeling just a little personal. Although Svechnikov things now feels more personal because again, it's like screw your family time, um, you know. But it's because that that first scratch of Chalowski felt worse. Um, but this one's also kind of like, yeah, okay, sit in the press box and watch what? Bad hockey? <laughs> All the things you shouldn't do? <laughs> it's it's kind of 
you know, ugh, I just hate the like, let's punish the kids, but I'm going to, I'm going to run with a thread of belief where it's just like, it's cause he believes in you. So now's your chance, Dennis. In fairness, if he told him like, go sit in the press box and watch uh heroic play. This was the perfect game for that to happen. Cause heroic was oh, yeah. really good against Edmonton. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I heard he was scratching Chalosky uh, again, uh, well, you know, I, you know, again after last season. I mean, the first thing I did was check the bobblehead schedule, and <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, okay. <sighs> See, this is this is this is always hard because this kind of gets to something that we talk about seemingly every episode because like, you know, it, 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 it's, it, it provides important context is that we don't have access to all the information that's, that's goes into these decisions. You know, we know what Blaschel said to the press. We know what Chalofsky said to the press, but we don't know if there's, other things like, like you know i'm not saying there's like some nefarious thing i'm not saying it's like oh chelowski did something wrong or anything like that um like we don't know exactly like what he was told we, you know like we have the idea that he you know a blast show wants him to you know watch the game and and work on something or, or or focus on something but we don't know what that is you know and and that to me makes it kind of hard to really hard to evaluate this because on average i mean he has been playing he has been playing well this season um like he is definitely not the problem on defense um but if it's something and, and I'm not even saying I agree with this but you know if it's something where like we think you're playing well but we think you could play even better and that's what we're working on like that as a concept I'm not upset about it just seems to me to be weird kind of like what everybody's been saying where you know he's been pretty good this year he's been better than he was last year overall and then he gets scratched and that just seems kind of weird you know again when you know daily is in the lineup i mean bowie has has played good in some games but he's been pretty bad in others um you know chileski is definitely not the the problem on defense i think so I don't know. It's I, I I didn't really like the move. Um, I don't think it's going to end up being a huge deal, uh, especially if he gets back into the lineup in the next game or two. Um, like, I mean, like, you know, if he starts to sit out for four or five games then yeah, I'm going to be really upset. But I mean, that hasn't happened yet. So, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the scene in, in Willy Wonka where they're like in the horrible getting what they deserve and like and Wonka's like stop help who cares no don't don't <laughs> eat paste because yeah. it's expensive you know, whatever have have fun <laughs> Bowie okay so we are on the very last of two questions essentially what is lacking in Svechnikov's game that is keeping him from staying up with the Red Wings and I'm gonna jump on this and I think it is literally uh, space on the top scoring lines just this moment because I do not think that they want him playing six or seven minutes a night as a grinder. And so they're going to bring him back up a little bit later, but I'm interested in your thoughts on this as well. I mean, he, he got in a fight tonight. Good. He got in a fight with JT Brown. Even better. Who, yeah. Who now has like bleach blonde hair. And I was like, wait a second. 
Is that who I think it is? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think he played pretty well overall. Like, I don't think I don't think he's he's he he got sent down because he was playing poorly. You know, I don't think it was like, oh, you really need to work on stuff. Um, I, I, I it, it's it's kind of hard to see like like with him getting so few minutes. Um, you know, I think that at least a few of the games, like he was like the lowest forward in in time on ice for five v five, or at least close to it. And I think, uh, I don't know. I think, um, you know, I think there's the question of is he, you know, is he still feeling the effects from that knee? Um, I know there's been some things that kind of lead to you maybe maybe thinking that. Like I know there's been some comments he says about how he still, you know, he still feels pain sometimes. Um, so. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I I think what you said is probably the you know probably the the answer um, that they have this mentality on the team that uh, you know if you're gonna if you're if you're a certain type of player you know we want you on at least the top three lines and I think they're. Especially, you know, because I mean, when when they brought uh, when they brought Perlini in, I mean, that's when he got sent down, you know. So I think it's pretty. I think that's sometimes the simplest answer is 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 the right one. Yeah, right on. What do you think, what do you think, Sarah? What's wrong with Svechnikov? Nothing. <laughs> no, I think it's you know it is it's just a lack of space. Um, and like you said. You know, we don't want him to be a grinder, even if he's fighting JT Brown, which I'm actually kind of impressed about. Um, you know, that's a that's a good fight. Um, but yeah, it's just I I'm always so worried about, you know, the chosen ones getting stuck in the pipeline. I think it was like yesterday or something, you know, I was looking up trying to find that picture of Polkanen where his locker was a garbage can because <laughs> there was no more room in the locker room um with the Red Wings because there were so many injuries. Um, and then seeing everybody's tweets from 2014 <laughs> about how he's the best thing ever <laughs> that have aged so well, you know, <laughs> I don't think that's a worry with Svechikov, but honestly, I can, I think in my flow chart, he was one of my questions, um, to find your fan alignment, um, was like, if you, where he should be and if you would trade him, I, I can kind of see him being traded and that probably makes me a traitor to the team. Um, but I don't, I don't want that as the answer. But I, I really don't think he's doing anything wrong. I mean, he missed all of last year with an injury, uh, so you know he's still kind of getting his wheels going. Um, you know, I think, and I'm sure enough people get hurt that he'll have more chance, more chances later, especially if Mantha, especially if Mantha breaks another hand, um, which he won't because he's never going to fight again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but. It, they just have to give him they have to give him time and it has to be valuable time. You know, there's it's it's more valuable, I think, for him to be in Grand Rapids getting the minutes he needs and building some chemistry with his future line mates than, you know, kind of bumming around in Detroit for six minutes, even if he's getting the locker room culture. You know, he has Erickson now. That's all the locker room culture you need. Yeah. So exactly. he's got all he needs there in Grand Rapids until he can get some really valuable time uh with Detroit. So you you keep being you, Evgeny. We all believe in you. Yeah, like he's very high. It's very high on my radar because I do fully believe that this is a make or break season for Evgeny Svechnikov. Uh, that said, I don't think October is the the make or break. I I, I have it uh, like, 
trying to figure out what's going on with him. But as of right now, let him ease back into it. Don't 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 see how quickly we can make it uh, make him break. So uh, the other part of that question is, do you see a trade later in the season involving any of our major prospects in Grand Rapids? What would the Red Wings be looking for? Uh, what do you think, Peter? Do you think we're going to trade away any of the prospects? Uh, I do not. Uh, I mean, it says major prospects. You know, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, do I think we could trade some prospects? Yes. But major prospects? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it's much more likely that someone like Athens U gets traded than uh, one of the one of the big prospects. Yeah, just, I mean, just based on where we're at uh, organizationally, like trading a prospect right now, if we do, we're just going to essentially trade him for a version of himself that it plays a different position, maybe, but I, I don't see anything like that coming. Uh, I agree. Um, you know, like I kind of keep repeating, you know, this is just, it's, we're just not at the, at the right time yet. Um, and Eiserman said he's still, you know, he wants to get to know everybody you know, get a closer look at them, see what they can do. So I really think this is an evaluation season and we won't see, you know, pretty kind of any blockbuster moves, but you know, that doesn't mean some, you know, I think the walleye are kind of all fair game, all fair game to be traded um, as always. Um, but I don't, you know, I wouldn't expect to see too many Griffins go, but on, but you know, some of like a, another borderline guy, like maybe a Joe Hicketts, which is probably going to get me attacked by my own organization. Um, <laughs> putting myself in danger <laughs> by saying this. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that Steve has a, you know, a trade or two up his sleeve that is just going to shock everyone. Um, you know, but I, I think kind of everybody who's, you know, especially the forwards who are right on that borderline. Um, they're all going to be all right this year, you know, and, and maybe this summer is when some moves start to be made, but I, I wouldn't expect to see anything during the regular season. Yeah. All right. So that takes us to the end of your questions and right about the perfect time for our last commercial break. So I'm going to lead us into that. And then I'm going to immediately hand the reins of this monster back to our actual host, Peter. So stay tuned for that. Wim Radio, ad timeout. All right, let's play. And we're back. So, uh, in in one of the reader questions, we we did address the uh, you know the 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 reassignment of Evgeny Svechnikov to the Grand Rapids Griffins, um, but we wanted to come back and talk about this a little bit more in depth because the the timing of it is you know we kind of made jokes about this uh with Chalowski but uh, you know Chalowski getting the healthy scratch but the timing of this is you know it is it, definitely strange um and you know basically on the one hand you know you have the point of view which i do think definitely makes a lot of sense that you know these are professional athletes you know they kind of know uh you know that that um uh, you know, decisions like this are, are made um, and, you know, it's it's sometimes it can be hard not to take things personally. But I mean, that's part of the job. You know, sometimes you get sent down to the minors, you come back, et cetera. Um, but like the timing of this, you know, just is is not great uh, personally for uh, Evgeny. 
And, you know, it reminds people of last year with Cholosky being scratched and then sent down, et cetera. Um, so, uh, JJ, uh, I'm going to go to you first for this one. Um, so what are your thoughts about this? Because this is kind of like a like a hard situation to figure out. I yeah, think. it's it's such a weird thing because, like, Helene uh, St. James wrote this up, but, like, Evgeny Svechnikov's dreams have been dashed by the organization because uh, he was planning on how, you know, the the – Red Wings' very next game is in Carolina uh, with his brother Andre, and like apparently they were planning on getting together for dinner with their mom, and now his entire season in life is is ruined uh, by him being sent down. And I'm not that far into the the mellow drama of it, but it does. There's just something I'll admit. Like at first, I was I was joking about it because I knew that there would be people that would get really really upset about it, but like. The more I think about it, the more it is just kind of it's just kind of unnerving. Like, what's up with it? Like, I I get it. I do want the organization to be professional. I don't want them coddling these kids. So when Jalowski got sat in Vancouver based on the fact that he had been not playing very well, that didn't bother me as much. But now, like, we've got kind of a pattern here, and I'm wondering, like, are they not paying attention to it? Uh, like. Did somebody not like remind Eiserman, hey, this is coming up in this because we're all figuring this is a, a lost rebuilding season. So I don't think that that one extra game for Svechnikov in the lineup is is really hurting anything. And it is kind of a good opportunity and gives a, a decent chance for him to play and, and gain some confidence and then have some fun. And it is one of those like it just seems like one of those things where, you know, you like your boss remembering your birthday it's it's not that it's not that big a deal but it just kind of like it it makes you feel better so i i don't know like i'm it's i'm not terribly terribly bothered by it but it it is something that just kind of makes me question what's going on yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean to be honest like that's the thought that i had today when i was i was you know thinking about this uh because you know i knew that this was going to be a topic tonight um, you, you know, is, is it, would it be that big a deal to bring in Perlini and let him start the next game? You know, would it really be that big a deal to scratch him, you know, for a game or whatever? Um, I, I, I just don't, I just don't see the need for it. Um, again, I don't think it's the biggest thing in the world. You know, I, I think a lot of this is, is, you know, I don't think it's going to be like down the line he's going to remember this day, you know, or something like that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, like you said, like, you know, it, it would be one thing if this, you know, this year, you know, we're, you know, we're going to be competing for the cup, but we're not. Um, so I don't see why one game is going to make a difference. You know, the timing definitely seems weird. Um, Sarah, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I want to hope that it's like, Oh, our hands are tied because money and cap space and roster reasons that I'm not going to research or understand. Um, <laughs> but it's like, come on, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know, Christopher N couldn't have gotten like Carolina flu yeah. uh, or something, <laughs> you know, cause it's, it's like, sure. Maybe on paper. Yeah. Sending him down is the right move, but it's, it's like three days, <laughs> one game. And, you know, if you're looking for him to be motivated, what could be more motivating than sibling rivalry? Not that Drew Miller ever scored on Ryan Miller, but he tried. He got some good chances. So sibling rivalry works. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's like, I don't think it's, it's a person, it's like personal sending it down, but 
couldn't they have made it personal to keep him just for a couple of days to be like, yeah, like we're a family <laughs> in this organization. We want the clicks we'll get from these articles. Um, so I'm like bummed about it. And, you know, I can't imagine, you know, he's, I'm sure very, <laughs> he took out all his rage, I guess, in his <laughs> fight. Um, yeah, but it just kind of, it just kind of stinks. Cause it's like, he was so close and we, we, we had that to look forward to. There's so little to look forward to for all of us. <laughs> just give us, just <laughs> give us these little, <laughs> these little nuggets to get us through the season. Um, so but I'm like, well, I guess now that something terrible has happened, he'll be fine. <laughs> they can't ruin another <laughs> chance. He'll play Carolina eventually, or he get traded there, and then he can play with his brother all the time. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh man, I, I remember like 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 that was like the big thing for a while. It's like, hey, we can trade him to Carolina, and they'll send us you know extra stuff because you know they'll have the two brothers together. And it's like, you know, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, like like I do get that, but you know. I don't think that was ever going to happen. Um, yeah, it's kind of like I, I get that you do want to be professional, uh, but there is a, a case like yeah, I, I remember back when I actually used to play the EA NHL games. Uh, I think uh, NHL 12 was the last one that I like seriously played. Um, I would intentionally trade Todd Bertuzzi to uh, the Avalanche <laughs> just because I could. <laughs> i'm I'm just here for the chaos right like just knowing that all those those poor ea pretend avalanche fans had to suffer through that because the game had no concept of the the human emotion that plays into these kinds of decisions and so um you know because a lot of fans will do that like oh yeah let's do this and this and this regardless of of any of these uh, stories that, that kind of live on the, the outskirts of, of the X's and O's. But yeah, this is one of those stories that lives very much on the outskirts of, of the X's and O's that just like kind of seems, yeah, there is a, the human element that really deserves to play in. And, and I, I feel like we, like, again, not ruined, but yeah, I do feel kind of just uh, bummed about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we will, uh, you know, we'll see going forward uh, if if this happens again, you know, if uh, if lightning strikes for the fourth time. Uh, so so I guess we'll see. Um, so let's uh, before we wrap up, let's look forward um, to the next little while for the Red Wings uh, uh, schedule. I realized uh, that as I was saying that I have not pulled it up yet. Uh, that would be a good thing to do. So I, I got it up now. Uh, so, yeah, so um, uh, we are playing the aforementioned Hurricanes. Um, and then followed, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take a look at the next little while. We got the Hurricanes. We got the, the Panthers. Then we're back home to play uh, Nashville, away at the Rangers, back home for the Bruins, and then uh, uh, at home for the Vegas Golden Knights. So, so JJ, what what are your thoughts about this upcoming schedule here? I think last time I did this, I said we'd get something like five points in that many games, and we ended up with like three. Um, yeah. boy, this schedule is kind of like I, yeah. I mean, you look at at any 
upcoming group bunch in the schedule, and it's like, oh, that's a bunch of teams on us. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Uh, let's see. I think that we take one of the weekend games, uh, although not Carolina. We are going to get storm surged. Um, I do think that we're just going to beat Nashville again. So, yeah, okay. I've already got us winning two out of the, our next three games. Uh, so then, yeah, we'll three straight to, to finish that out. So what I got? I got four points out of those games. No. Yeah, I got four points out of those games. That's that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, Sarah, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to put us on a four-game losing streak. Okay. Because it'd be terrible and kind of funny um, just to see, like, the meltdowns. And, but then I'm going to have us beat the Bruins. And here's why. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that, I mean, that's kind of a trap game. And I feel like everyone, there's always, like, one game a year where it seems like we really just have their number. And it just, it pisses them off. Especially if Bernier is starting. They're definitely going to lose. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I hate the Knights and I want to ruin their day. Yeah. Or their night. Yeah, it's a five o'clock game late afternoon yeah yeah stupid five o'clock um (laughs) but and then if you just don't look at the rest of the schedule because then we head to the west coast um so i guess i should enjoy five o'clock while it lasts but yeah so i'm gonna give us i'm gonna give us three points out of uh six games i'm gonna i'm gonna give us an overtime in there somewhere there you go oh crap yeah yeah we are going to the west coast uh um uh last time we did this i was way off and i was way off on the optimistic side so i'm gonna say we're gonna get zero points (laughs) the old reverse jinx you can't go negative (laughs) they're gonna take away points when we lose by 10 goals yeah they're gonna they're gonna realize we had an illegal lineup and uh (laughs) So uh, that brings us to the end of our episode. Um, we haven't done this this in a little while. Um, so before we close out, do you have any last Red Wings related thoughts? Uh, I was thinking, because you actually saw this in the mailbox if you read it, I was thinking that we should have a discussion about whether or not uh, in order to turn our, our season around, we should uh, fire the coach or just name Dylan Larkin captain. But uh, I don't want to answer that right now. So bye. Bye. Wait, give me it. Okay. Wait, give me it. Wait, give me it. Wait, give me it. Wait, give me it. Wait, give me it.